Welcome to Getting Through It, where we're here to help you get through it. I'm John Bwery, and as always, I'm with earthquake mythbuster, Dr. Lucy Jones. Today's episode is sponsored in part by SoCal Gas, who is committed to building resilience in the communities it serves. We also thank our individual supporters who help underwrite the work of the Dr. Lucy Jones Center for Science and Society through our Patreon account. Would you consider sponsoring this podcast for as little as $5 per month? Because your support enables us to serve even more communities. Simply go to patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, and search Dr. Lucy Jones. Now let's get to it. We've talked about earthquake myths before, actually back in episode nine. And today we need to go deep on one of the most persistent, pervasive myths, earthquake weather. Lucy, take us back in time, not to episode nine, but way back. How do we start with this earthquake weather myth? Earthquake weather is the oldest idea about earthquakes really that we know about. You go back to Aristotle. And he proposed that earthquakes were happening because of subterranean winds. Now, he had the idea that there were all these huge holes inside the earth. And as they moved around, you would feel the vibrations from these winds. And that idea pervaded Western thought. And in fact, if you go a few hundred years later to Pliny the Elder, who wrote the first encyclopedia that we know about right at the beginning of the Common Era, He cited Aristotle, and he then brought up earthquake weather, that because those winds were moving around at depth, we'd also be seeing winds up on the surface, and you could be having a correlation between earthquake and windy weather. Well, clearly now we know more about earthquakes and weather than we did more than 2,000 years ago, don't we? Yeah, we do. And we have found that winds have nothing to do with it. There aren't big holes in the earth. And here's a core issue about earthquakes. They happen deep in the earth. The beginning of that understanding actually really comes with the Lisbon earthquake that happened in 1755. And people brought up those old ideas about weather, but it also got us started in actually doing scientific investigations. That earthquake, in fact, was located about 100 miles offshore and about 20 miles below the ocean floor. It's pretty clear when you realize that, that it's not going to be connected to winds at Lisbon. There's the absolute beginning of it, but all of our scientific investigation has moved to the earthquakes being deep in the earth and not at the surface. So getting back to the weather piece, if we think of earthquakes as what happens on the earth's surface, that's where the conflation happens with what's happening in the atmosphere, something at the surface. But as you just said, they happen much, much deeper, far from where weather could have any impact. That's right. But think about it. Our experience of disasters, the more common ones, are all ones that are happening at the intersection of the atmosphere with the solid Earth. The tornado is damaging because it comes out of the atmosphere and touches down to the Earth. We have our floods that run along the surface, and those floods can cause landslides. Even when you go to volcanic eruptions, they're coming up from deep at Earth, but they become dangerous because they reach the surface. And in fact, they will be putting pieces of that solid Earth into the atmosphere, and that triggers some weather effects. So it's not surprising that we really think about earthquakes in the category of weather events. Look at how earthquakes are reported on the news. It's usually the meteorologists that are talking about it. And in fact, when we offered media training for reporters wanting to know more about earthquakes, it was mostly station meteorologists that signed up for the event. 
there's all this reason that we put them in a mental category with weather. But the reality is of all those disasters, they're the ones that are really confined to depth. And it's only the waves that are emitted by that earthquake process that make it to the surface. So Aristotle, more than 2000 years ago, has a lot of impact of what's happening today. Well, right. And the tradition, that idea, because we have them in that same mental category, we have this tradition. And in fact, one of the things that we found out is that every culture in the world that has a history of earthquakes has a history of earthquake weather. But what you'll find is that the weather they think is associated with earthquakes is whatever weather they had with their most memorable earthquake. Even here in California, we change with time because people experience different earthquakes. My mother was a third generation Southern Californian, grew up here, and would talk about earthquake weather as that really still, dank weather that you get along the beach in the spring pervasive humidity. And that's because that was the weather that happened in the Long Beach earthquake, which was in March in 1933, near the beach, you've got that type of weather. Then 40 years later, when we had the Whittier Narrows earthquake, which was October 1st, big surprise, we were having a Santa Ana wind on October 1st, and people began talking about that hot Santa Ana condition as being the earthquake weather. In both cases, it was the weather that they experienced at the earthquake that really made them take notice. So you draw the correlation when you see some weather associated with an earthquake. And then going forward, it's easy to see the times where the pattern matches and forget the ones that don't because we want the correlation. So with all these ideas from all these people saying, it must be earthquake weather, I have this experience with earthquake weather, and it's the weather how do you test this theory? Well, we can't just say, oh, I kept on noticing this. Because the problem is earthquakes happen a lot. If you now look at the web pages that come from the seismic networks, you can see that there's dozens of earthquakes every day in California. Only some of them are big enough to be felt, but there's many every year. And so we have an earthquake in a Santa Ana wind, you'd have to say we are seeing more earthquakes when we have Santa Anas than we have at other times. You know, we have a lot of Santa Ana winds. So you need to do this actual test and show that it does better than random. And better than random means what exactly? It means that we look at the rate at which we have earthquakes all the time and see whether we can come up with a prediction of the occurrence of earthquakes that is more likely than we just get out of what we know from the ongoing rate. And in fact, this is such a big issue, and it is not easy to do with as many earthquakes as we have in the many different locations, that the scientists have actually set up something called the Center for the Study of Earthquake Predictability. A wide variety of scientists have made models of how they think they can estimate the rate of future earthquakes. And they are being run over many years and tested against the earthquakes that actually happen in a variety of locations. I think it's running in California, Japan, New Zealand, and Italy at least. And then see which models do the best. And right now, the model that says earthquakes happen mostly on existing faults and one earthquake triggers another, i.e. aftershocks and foreshocks, that model is doing the best at this point. But if anybody could do better, we welcome those models and we'd love to find it. We just need to know that it's actually true. 
So really, earthquake weather isn't so much about explaining what happened, but helping us understand what might happen next. And that feeds into sort of what we do as human beings to try to find those patterns. And it's really interesting that it continues to persist, even though we know there's mechanisms to test and there's evidence to disqualify the idea of earthquake weather just by the nature of the way earthquakes happen. Something that makes us feel safer will always get a lot of traction in human society. If you believe that earthquakes happen in Santa Ana's, then you can feel safer at other times. It means you can confine the times that you're worried. And that's a really big psychological driver. So there will always be the psychological issues that push us to accept this. And we have the scientific method to help us understand when we're fooling ourselves. So when we encounter someone, the listeners, me, or even you, how do you help them understand when they say, oh, earthquake weather, there's going to be an earthquake. How do you show them that it's not really possible? Well, there's really three reasons to not believe in earthquake weather. First, remember there's this psychology that's driving us to make predictions that aren't true. So we have to recognize our internal bias, and we can talk a bit about that, about how much you want it. Second, there's a physical reason that the earthquakes are just too deep. Go into a wine cellar, you go down 10 feet into the earth, and you already see that the surface weather is not making much difference. And third, there's the data, that it really just doesn't work. When you step back, use logic, test it, you see that there's nothing there. We'll end here today, and I'm sure we'll talk about earthquake myths again, as they just don't seem to go away. So until then, I'm John Buery with Dr. Lucy Jones and you getting through it. Getting Through It is a production of the Dr. Lucy Jones Center for Science and Society. Visit us online to get past shows and become a supporter at patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com and search Dr. Lucy Jones. Our music is performed by Josh Lee, and this closing music is written by our own Dr. Lucy Jones.